Welcome, my friends. Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Wednesday, August 24th, and it is time for another episode of After Hours with Kevin and Lauren. Joining me as my co-host is Lauren Hicks. And Lauren, welcome back. Hey, Kevin. How's it going? It's going great. How are you today? I'm well. I'm well. Our garden, our tower garden is finally producing, so I have been making salads from it. Awesome. And I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I've been really working hard on carnivore the last several months, and I'm, you know, much more carnivore than I've ever been up until the last couple of weeks. So I, I'm looking a lot more like a vegetarian these days that eats a lot of meat. Um, the garden is just <laughs> cranking stuff out and it's so good. So we're eating out of the garden every day. I mean, everything right now is coming out of the garden. So uh, I'm kind of loving it. Oh, I bet. So rewarding. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So I'm excited about that. We're talking a lot about the protocol today. I don't know if you got a chance to listen to the show, but uh, we are, I, I'm to the point where I've done almost everything I can do on my own. I've been working on this primarily on my own right now because it's just, that's the part of the project we're in, but I'm, I'm just about done. And now I need to get the team involved. So we got to kind of formalize this and start to build the program. And uh, I think we're going to kick it off with a challenge. So we're, everybody in the Let's Truck team is going to be part of it. If they want to, nobody's going to be forced to, uh, but we're going to offer it to all of our employees. And then I think I'm going to open it up to like 10 to 20 of our tribe members. Uh, we need to start getting feedback from more people. We'll learn more as, you know, we're all slightly different on these things. Uh, so we're at that point. Um, so I'm hoping we can get a challenge put together in the next two, I would say 60 days or so. Uh, and I'm excited about this. I, I really think this is a big, big breakthrough in health. And it's an issue we've been dealing with for a long time. You know, I kind of went back and went over the history. Eight years ago when we went down this health road and we developed our own diet, nutrient-dense keto, we saw a pretty clear pattern. I talked about this in my open today. I, the, one of the most common calls I would get back then, it would usually be a woman, and she would say, my husband's a truck driver. He listens to you all the time. He came home with this crazy diet. I thought he was an idiot. He lost 60 pounds. He looks amazing. He feels better. I tried it. I got no results. I, that was such a common call and I was so frustrated and I'd be like, well, did you really try it? Let's do a food journal. She'd be like, I ate exactly what he ate. His pants are falling off and I don't see any results. And, you know, we started to dig into it and we, you know, we came up with a couple things that made sense. I think women struggle with this more because women bought into the low fat thing so much more. And they were more strict at oh, yeah. it. And, and women really, truly ate low fat. And I think it destroyed their health. Uh, we need good fats to build good hormones. Women are more complicated hormonally. Women go through a change of their hormones during their life, and it's a big change. And I think all of those things combined, we, we realized this is definitely a hormone problem. We know weight loss is all about hormones, but how do we fix it? And for some reason, I remember this clearly, and I don't know why, 
And I even questioned it then, but nobody had any answers. Almost everybody said keto is too low carb for women. That's why it's not working. Women need more carbohydrates, but nobody could explain why. Nobody ever said they need more carbohydrates because of this process or it'll do this, or we just all somehow assumed that keto was too extreme for women. And yeah. so we, we started recommending maybe they eat more carbohydrates, maybe they eat more paleo instead of keto. But honestly, we didn't get any results. I, don't, I can't remember a single woman who came back and said, oh yeah, I started eating you know, more carbohydrates and things got better. Nobody said that. So we didn't know what to do that. We thought, okay, there's these adaptogens, all these supplements that should help. I was so frustrated with those. I came on the air and said, I'm never recommending this supplement again. It's doing nothing. I wasn't getting any results from those. Then we happened to notice when we started talking more about carnivore, women were getting really good results with carnivore. Not everybody, but more than with keto or paleo. And I thought, wait a minute, maybe we just had this completely backwards. Nobody could ever explain why we thought women needed more carbohydrates. Maybe they don't. Maybe going even lower carb was actually better for women. It seems to be. But then we still had some. Yeah. They could eat carnivore all day long. They still weren't losing the weight. We still weren't seeing the hormones come back into balance, still suffering from hot flashes, all kinds of things. It looks like the one thing that fixes it is this protocol. Yep. I mean, it makes sense, complete sense. So I, I'm excited about it. Yeah. I'm excited for you to, to launch it. I know everyone is constantly asking um, on Healthy Tribe. So I know. <laughs> I think everyone's I know. ready for it. And, and the, the, the one thing I still want to tell everybody, because it's going to be a while, we're going to work on this. We'll put out the challenge. Then there's going to be some time after that. We're going to gather the data. But the, the four pieces of the protocol are there. They're there. We've explained them. We had videos on how to do them. Just do them. Don't worry about us formalizing this and making a challenge and a program and a course. We'll do all that in time. We're working on it, but I've, I've been putting out the four big pieces of this. Just do them. The more you do them, the more of them you do, the more often you do them, the more intensely you do them, the better results you get. And I, I've really worked it out. So it's almost impossible to overtrain now, which was one of our problems in the past. So it, I'll go over them again. It's the breathing. There's an app for that. There are videos. There's nothing too difficult about that. It's the infrared sauna therapy and the red light therapy. We've talked about that. We've, we have the devices in our store. It's the resistance training. We have the X3 bar in the store. We have the new short bands if you need those. If you're under 510, you may want to try the shorter bands. And we have the cold exposure. That's it. Those four things. And so don't wait for us. Don't wait for us to formalize this or turn it into a course or, you know, ultimately I'd try to like to make a little money off of this. We've put a lot of work into it, but right now we're giving it all away free here. Here's what you do. Just go do it. Yeah. And it's working. It is working. It absolutely is. So I heard you talking about Chris Cresser's I, I, I mean, I saw the email come in this morning and then I heard you talking about it today about oatmeal and uh, 
pancakes from McDonald's. Oh my gosh. Isn't that just insanity? (laughs) Oh, I hope no one really does eat for 30 days pancakes or even oatmeal or anything like that. But but isn't that an interesting way to, to look at this? It is. It absolutely is. If you tell me, I, I honestly, if you tell me that those pancakes and syrup are better for me than a meat and cheese omelet, okay, you eat the pancakes for thirty days. I'm going to eat the meat and cheese omelets, and we'll see who has a better result. Yeah, could I you mean, imagine? You'll be feeling alone. Could you imagine what you're going to uh, feel like after eating nothing but McDonald's pancakes for thirty days? Oh. Uh, I can, I can imagine, and it is not a good feeling. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But how good would you feel? We know this now. How good would you feel if you ate nothing but meat and cheese omelets for 30 days? You'd feel amazing. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So long as your digestive system's working true. properly. Obviously. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but just, just that alone, oh. let's just use a little bit of common sense here. I want you to eat nothing but ice cream cones for 30 days. Oh, yeah, that's going to be ugly. <laughs> oh. I found it hard to believe that that was a real, you know, chart that they were coming up with where they're recommending, you know, the, the healthy foods versus the unhealthy foods. I was almost thinking that, that that was circulating and there, there was no truth to it, but everyone (laughs) is going back and, you know, digging deeper into it. And I'm just, I just, it's so hard to believe that that is where we are. It's disgusting and it's criminal. This, this is, this has an absolute impact on everybody's life. You know, the other thing thing. we we don't talk about much, but all of these guidelines that the government comes out with, and I just said it affects everybody. Well, it doesn't affect you if you ignore them and you know better, but that's the minority. But here's the other thing we don't think about. These guidelines are directly related to what we serve for school lunches, hospital lunches, um, any kind of government, Medicaid, Medicare programs around food. Anything that the government has their hands on with food is impacted by this because this is what they will serve people because of this so for breakfast your kids at school or lunch or whatever they're going to get the cheerios and the ice cream cones and the pancakes and they won't get the meat and the cheese and the real food you know i didn't think of that honestly i really thought you'd have to be absolutely delusional to believe that chart. <laughs> There's just no way that anyone is going to really believe that chart. And, no, they do believe and it. And then I'm like, well, this is good. They do believe this it. Is, this, this, that, that could be good because, because then people are going to wake up and they're going to say, okay, well, if this is what they're saying is, good, is healthy for you, diet, you know, your diet, then let's start questioning everything else. Because, so I was thinking, okay, this is maybe a good thing. But I didn't think about the schools and the hospitals and I mean, retirement homes and all of that. I didn't, that didn't even cross my mind that that is what they're going to be going by. Oh my gosh. I know. Now here's the thing. I can honestly say we had the food pyramid. Then we had my plate. Now we have the food compass. They all told us the exact same things. 
They haven't changed anything about their recommendation. Think about the food pyramid. The bottom of the food pyramid, the base was eight to 10 servings of grains a day. That is insane. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was their recommendation. And meat and cheese and fats, those are way up the top. You're only supposed to have a little bit of those. That was the food pyramid. My mm-hmm. plate didn't change that. This didn't change it, except now they, you can make these direct comparisons of food because we have the score. So it, it, the yeah. advice is the same. The way they're presenting the advice is more dangerous. Now people can look at it and exactly. go, oh, oh, no, look, I shouldn't eat that omelet. I should eat an ice cream cone instead. Oh, my God. Oh, uh, oh. Uh. It's criminal, like you said. It, it truly feels that way. Yeah. yeah uh, it's just awful. Just awful. It really is. I know. <laughs> I know. So, uh, all right, time to fess up. Have you been using your X3 bar? I have. All right. And I do like it. I, I do need to get, um, I know that we put, we put the new low, like lighter bands in the store, so I do, I meant to do that when we, when we uh, went and put them in there, but I have not done that yet. So I'm going to, I'm going to do that this week because it is true that I'm, I don't have the muscle that most, you know, you guys all do. <laughs> so oh. there are still exercises that I can't do, but I have been really, I've been playing around with it. Like I said, Good. there are a few little Good. tweaks that I do um, and they seem to be working so that I can still get this, a similar well, I'm still working the same muscles. I right. just do like tiny little tweaks. Excellent. Which is great. Excellent. Yeah. I love I'm that. excited about it. Yeah. So you're going to be part of our challenge, right? Yes, definitely. Good. Now, here's the thing. And, and we haven't finalized this. And I'm trying to figure out if I could really pull this off or not. Um, my goal for this challenge, because I think it's the absolute best way for people to start this. My goal is, is to really, really push to get 30 workouts in 30 days. Mm-hmm. I know. That's a tough That's one. great. But that should be doable. Yeah. It, no, it, it, it should be doable, but they're short. Yeah. You know, you've, you, you've just got to push through for 30 days. You got to put a couple things off. You got to make the time. Once you do that, then I even said, if you could only do this workout once a week, you should still do it. it you will, you will be able to maintain a better level of strength and conditioning with even just one workout a week. If you can do three at least three every week, it will be ideal. And the beauty of this one is if you wanted to continue five or six or seven days a week, you can do that and you'll never overtrain. You'll get better results. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I love it. I think it's great. Yes. I think I think you're going to have a lot of takers for this. Uh, yeah, well, we're actually going to have to limit this one quite a bit. I'm thinking maybe, you know, that we'll do our whole team, anybody who wants to on the on the team here at Let's Truck. Mm-hmm. Nobody has to, but anybody who wants to. And then I'm thinking I can probably take somewhere between 10 and 20 other people because I'm going to be working pretty closely with each person to get their feedback. 
you know, what I want to see what results other people are getting. Because like you said earlier, we're all a little different. We're all going to get slightly different results. Some things are going to work better for other people. So in the beginning on this first time, I want to work pretty closely with everybody and get as much feedback as I can. So if we put too many people into it, I don't think it's going to work well that first time. Mm Mm-hmm. So well, and this is the this program is all encompassing. This includes the, you know, the heat and what it, it includes it includes the four pillars that you're kind of going for, right? Yep. Yeah, the four pillars. Um, the yogurt is actually a part of this because I'm finding that the the yogurt because it increases uh, both oxytocin and testosterone is having a big Mm -hmm. impact on this. So I think that's a a big part of this. And uh, there was something else I wanted. Oh, I know what it is. I haven't even talked about this today. I forgot. Um, I think the other thing specifically for women or men who are having the hormonal issues, you know, we've tried the adaptogens. We've tried these other supplements that are supposed to help balance hormones. We never got very good results from them. Where we're getting better Mm -hmm. results, and it makes sense, uh, is the two products from Ancestral. The, the male and the female. Mm-hmm. And what we're doing there is we're just basically eating those organs that are responsible for these responses and chemicals and all these things that are going on. We're eating those organs. And we know that the organ itself stores all the nutrients it needs. So we don't really mm-hmm. need a supplement here. We need the whole food version of this, which is the ancestral. So um, we have both of those in, the, the male enhancement, the female enhancement, and that's a big part of this. And I think you put all this together, I think we've got this figured out. Now I just have to prove it. Yep. It's all, you've done all the work. It's just a matter of... Uh, putting it, you know, down on paper, basically. Yeah. And here's the thing. I mean, I've measured enough over and over and over. I've done the protocol. I've stopped doing the protocol. I've done it. I've stopped. I've done it. I've stopped. I've measured everything. The results are clear. And I have to believe if I'm getting these kinds of results, everybody else will get similar results, not identical, but similar. Mm -hmm. And that's all we need Mm -hmm. because nothing else that I've tried in the last eight years has worked for this issue. Nothing. We've, we've tried all kinds of things and it just doesn't work. And, and, you know, I hate when I have to look at, and it's almost always a woman and say, I, I don't know what else to do. And I've had people go yeah. try bioidentical hormone therapy. That doesn't seem to work. I mean, I don't see too many people really get good results from that stuff. Yeah. I, I hear, I hear different, um, you know, different responses from it. I don't really know. Some women, I listened to, I forgot the podcast, but there's a doctor, a female doctor who, she really dives deep into it. But yeah, for the most part, you know, I know that it was really popular, you know, several decades ago. And then there were issues with using some of those synthetic hormones with 
cancer oh, and stuff like that. Th- there were horrible issues with the, with hormone replacement therapy, the the pharmaceutical version. Yeah, they they really don't do that anymore. They they caused more problems yeah, they than really they don't. solved. Exactly. So yeah. So now, but the thing about that is because it caused so many issues, it really gave you know hormones in general. Um, like a bad rap, like people right. were afraid to take bioidentical hormones because of that. So I think I think that's kind of still something that doctors are are faced with. There are a lot of women who are afraid to take bioidentical hormones because of that, the synthetics and the results that they were getting. So it's hard to to get you know a proper read on it because you no, know it is. There's just it, so yeah, much noise it around it. Well, you know. Well, let's say this. Let's say that in the right hands, bioidentical hormone therapy works. Let's say you get the right practitioner. They know what they're doing. It actually works. Uh, I have to believe that if I go to a holistic practitioner, I can't use my insurance. My guess is between the hormones themselves, the surface, I'm probably going to spend somewhere between three and six grand. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure it's very expensive. So we could do that or we could do this protocol, which we can keep really inexpensive. You don't have to go buy this stuff. If most of this stuff makes it a lot easier, more effective. But even then, we're still not going. I'm thinking this protocol is kind of expensive. It's not as expensive as one round of bioidentical hormone therapy with a good practitioner. Mm-hmm. And it will do the same thing. I think it does more. I think because what we're doing, I, I really believe what we're doing here is we are building our own hormone replacement therapy. Yeah. I think the things we're yeah, doing so. causes our is. body to create the proper levels of hormones. Yeah, it's kind of jump-starting it in a way. Yeah. But don't forget as well, there is that receptor detox that ah, is that, biotic that that's is in right. the store. So, yeah, that's, we can't forget about that no, because I think a lot of right. people, their hormones, like the signaling is off. Yeah. So, oh, good to start point. with the receptor detox, I think, is a good place to start and then start taking something like the ancestral, you know, the male and the female ones that they that they have. Good point. This is the kind of stuff we'll start to figure out now that we get more people involved. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So I'm excited. The The hard work for me is just about over. Now, I'll, I'll be the one running the challenges and doing the everyday stuff, but uh, I, I'm, I'm getting to the end kind of, of the, the research, the testing, the... Um, you know, all this stuff I've been doing for the last, it's been two years now. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm kind of looking forward to stuff like you just said. What about this? What about that? Adding the tweaks, the small stuff, putting it together, making it easier to understand, making it easier to do. Uh, Sarah called today. She brought up a good point. What about team drivers? You know, I can make this fairly easy for a driver. The the stuff you need to carry with you in the truck doesn't take up that much room. We have people doing it. But Sarah's got a good point. She's trying to do this, but as a team driver, she's struggling. I mean, that for the most part, in teams, the truck just runs around the clock. 
Yeah. Wow. So that's a good point. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. 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 So now, you know, we've got the teams out there working on this. What can we do to make this easier and better for teams? That's the beauty of our tribe. And the fact that we all do the same Mm -hmm. stuff, you know, that's kind of cool too. If you go to, uh, you know, a typical trainer or nutritionist or a gym or wherever you want to go and you try to get healthier, those people deal with people that have all kinds of crazy different lifestyles, different schedules, different. It, the beauty of our tribe is we all share a lot of the same stuff. Absolutely. I love that. I think Very it makes similar. it even more powerful. So I know we uh, at some point today we might talk about minerals. Um, we've got some calls <laughs> on hold. What do, what do you say we take some calls? Let's do that. Let's do that. All right. Let's go to Ohio. Michael, welcome to the program. Hi, Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. What's um, on your mind today? A couple of questions. The L. Ruri, is there a certain amount of dosage that I should start with? There, or does it matter how much we put time or what? I think it has to matter, but I don't know that we have all the answers to this. I I forget how much uh, Dr. Davis recommends a day. I'm thinking like um, you should probably at least eat a half a cup a day. I don't know that we have any really good science okay. or numbers on this, but I, I would think at least a half a cup a day. And I I, I can't see any way that more would be a problem. Um, I probably eat a cup a day, uh, and a cup a day is actually quite a bit of well, yogurt. Yeah. Well, here's why I asked. The day, the very first day I started, I had some in the afternoon. About three or four hours later, and it's the sub. And later on that night, I woke up and I threw everything. I Tuesday night. Wednesday morning, I got up to work, and I wasn't feeling all that great. Wednesday morning, I took a test. I had COVID. Okay. So I don't know if it's just bad timing or what, but I'm going for the because I believe, you know, the results. I'm, you know, saying that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. I, I think that COVID had more to do this with this than anything. Now, I we've had a lot of people okay. start the yogurt, very, very few uh, adverse events. Some people experienced a little bit of diarrhea or some digestive issues for a week or so. Pretty mild, nothing major. Um, okay. So I, I, it, it, it's now, if somebody had a really severe case of dysbiosis, then when we introduce other bacteria, you can get reactions like we call it a die-off reaction and you can feel pretty bad. Uh, that's pretty rare. Some people, some, you'd have to have a pretty bad case of dysbiosis before you see that. So I have a feeling this had more to do with the COVID than anything else. Okay. I'm kind of leaning that way. What is the Um, I still... Hey, hey, it, hey, Michael. The, uh, Michael, are you on a headset yeah. of some kind? 
Yes, sir. Can you go to the phone? It seems to be cutting off like the beginning and ending of your sentences, and I keep missing key words. Okay. Well, I now I just got to the point where I can pull over. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to miss a key word here and give you the wrong answer. So I don't, I don't want to guess at what you're saying, but it was kind of clipping off your words, and I wasn't getting it all. Holy cow! Hey, yeah, did you just stick your head out the window at 80 miles an hour? No, that's, that's my hearing aids. Holy cow. All right, hold on. All right, let's try this. That's, that better? that's much better. Okay, let's do this again. Go ahead. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Go ahead. Michael? You know what, I'm going to, Michael, I'm going to put you back into the queue. Uh, I'm going to have Angie pick up and see if we can work out the uh, audio issues there. Um, I just wasn't getting every word there. And I, sometimes you miss one word and you can give a wrong answer. I don't want to do that. Um, Lauren, let's dive into the mineral thing. Um this is a, a big, big issue for us. It always has been. In fact, it was one of the first issues we identified as a problem when we started eating keto and grain-free. We started seeing people with uh, muscle cramping, uh, heart palpitations, some weird heart issues. And we immediately realized there's something going on with minerals here because minerals control our um, muscle contraction and relaxation and the heart is a muscle so every time it beats it's contracting and relaxing and minerals play a huge role in that and we identified the initial problem the initial problem was when you start eating very low carb i mean we knew the mechanism um, your body dumps all the glycogen and when it dumps glycogen in order for your body to store a glycogen molecule, and that's glycogen is the energy we get from sugars and carbohydrates. Our body makes glycogen and we store it and we store it for energy. But for every molecule of glycogen your body stores, it also has to store two or three molecules of water with it. And it's one of the reasons why people lose so much weight in the beginning of a low-carb diet. One, they are true losing, truly losing weight, but they also drop a lot of water. And water's heavy. What happens, though, when you flush out all that water, you flush out all the minerals with it. So we understood why it was happening. We supplemented with light balance. Um, we have some others if it's more extreme. And it fixes it. The thing that confuses me, and I still to this day don't really understand it, is why does that persist? Why when we're eating a much healthier diet, and, and I can even say mine is not only you know, healthier in that it's mostly animal products, but all of my animal products are the best quality. 
I mean, I just got to the point where I just don't eat meat anymore unless I control the source. And yet, I still can't seem to get all the minerals I need out of my diet. Why not? And why? Why do people on the standard American diet not deal with this? I just, I find that kind of bizarre, but it's been such a strong pattern that you can't deny it. I mean, I tell people, if you're going to eat this way, you should probably just take light balance every day. Yeah, and I I do believe that. And we, you know, we can get into a little bit of why, why there are mineral deficiencies. And, you know, I think one of the larger reasons for that is the the nutrient depleted soil you know that we we can't we can't ignore that no we can't but let me address that what if we're eating Mm -hmm. you know mostly well-raised animals and if those Mm -hmm. animals are raised in the proper environment they should be getting all the minerals they need i'm growing my own produce I don't buy, this time of year, I buy zero produce from the store. If I can't grow it, we're not eating it. I know my soil's not depleted. I have some of the healthiest soil you could build. I work at it. And I still Mm -hmm. take light balance every day. I just won't quit. I know what'll happen if I quit. And I can't understand why. Something about that just isn't making sense to me. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me either. I mean, yeah, I don't have an answer for you there. (laughs) The the way we are able to grow produce in depleted soils is by using the three big chemical fertilizers we use. The soil that, that we grow on today is horribly depleted of everything. It's awful. We, we are still able to grow big, healthy looking plants and big produce because we use those three artificial chemicals and it works we grow big plants with big produce but they are horribly depleted of nutrients they are they you know they they destroy the the soil microbes yeah so just like we have a very important you know balance of microbes in our gut the soil also has a very important balance. And I've, I've been to a Savory Institute um, conference and they were showing, they, they had looked at the microbes in the soil of, the, of where the grasses were that the cattle were eating. And they were very similar, almost identical to all the same micro, microbes um, that were found in the gut of the people that were eating the, the, the meat from that cow that was eating that soil. I thought that was fascinating. That that is fascinating. Well, here's something else. So we talk about fermenting foods all the time. We make fermented vegetables, we make yogurt, we make kombucha, we make kefir. And it's really the same process. Mm -hmm. You make sure that there's bacteria present, you make sure there's food present for that bacteria, and then you create the correct temperature and environment. So the bacteria grows and multiplies and keeps multiplying and because we want more and more of this bacteria. Well, guess Mm -hmm. one of the newest things I'm doing in my garden this year, and it's working unbelievably well. I basically make kombucha for my garden. It's the exact same process. So I take, I take, um, well, no, here's the process. I take worm castings 
which are basically worm poop. Mm -hmm. And I take a handful of worm poop. I throw it in a bucket. That's the bacteria. So when we make yogurt, for example, the, the, the starter, the yogurt starter is the bacteria. So when we make fermented vegetables, the bacteria already exist on the vegetable. We're going to multiply it through the fermentation process. So for my garden, I start with bacteria and that's the worm poop. Then I put in food, like we put the inulin into yogurt. The uh, vegetables have carbohydrates, which is the food in this mixture for the garden. I put in this liquid plant food called chicken soup for the soil. I actually love that name. That was so so creative. Um, that's the food and then water. So I, I fill up the bucket, a five gallon bucket gets two quarts of the plant food, uh, gets a handful of warm poop, and then I leave it out in the hot sun. And depending on the temperature, if it's 60 and 70, I'll actually let it ferment for a week. If it's 80s and 90s, like it's been in three days, you can watch this stuff. It's bubbling and it's pretty darn active. Uh, and then I actually dilute that way down and then I just spray it all over the whole garden. And it's, it's what you're talking about. It's all those good soil microbes. Yeah. Interesting. It sounds similar to silage, which is basically a type of fodder. So you make, you put green foliage and you ferment them to the point of where I mean, it smells like fermented, <laughs> right. you know, it doesn't smell, it doesn't yeah. smell so great, but, but you can feed that to, to cattle and it's super nutrient dense. So when, you know, when you're in times where, I don't know, for instance, if, you know, certain times of the year don't produce, you know, the, the right, you know, uh, you know yield the, the grass that they need, then you can supplement with silage, which I think is, is, is pretty cool. So yeah, yeah. it kind of sounds similar to just fermenting all of that. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it turns out that bacteria really, really play a big role in almost everything we do health-wise. Yes, I agree with you there. Bacteria, and they're so tiny and minuscule, you don't even think about it. <laughs> and it's crazy, crazy what, what bacteria can do. Um, you know, if anybody is looking for uh, one of my favorite authors, and unfortunately he's not alive anymore, um, Michael Crichton. You ever read anything by Michael Crichton? I don't think so. I mean, I know the name. Uh, he wrote Jurassic Park. That'd be what he's most famous for. Okay. Okay. So, but he, I haven't read anything else. What, what do you recommend of his? Anything. And he's got so many books. You can go all the way back. I think he was writing in the 60s or 70s. Um, he does a lot of kind of like medical thrillers almost. And he did a couple God. of books where he, he was really diving deep into bacteria and bacteria are incredible. We can like, you can instruct and program bacteria to do all kinds of crazy things. Um, have you ever heard, I forget the name of this particular bacteria, um, but it, it, it's just an example of how powerful bacteria can be. 
there's a, I got to think this through. There's a specific bacteria that can only be um, kind of cultured or, or can only continue. It has to be in the digestive tract of cats specifically. So this bacteria, it's the only place it can live and reproduce. Is it, well, it's the only place it can reproduce is in the digestive tract of cats. Do you know how this bacteria makes its way into the digestive tract of cats? Because remember, it's a living thing. Every living thing wants to keep living and multiply. That, that's how the whole world works. Yeah. This is a bacteria. It wants to keep living. It wants to multiply. It understands that it has to get into the digestive tract of a cat in order to multiply. You know how it gets there? No clue. This is so bizarre. The bacteria will infect a rat. Then it alters the rat's thinking and it makes it not afraid of cats. It's actually now attracted to the smell of cats. The the rat changes its behavior completely and doesn't try to avoid cats. It actually tries to go find cats. And then the cat eats it because that's what cats do. And now the bacteria multiplies in the cat's digestive tract. Wow. Isn't (laughs) that insane? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) In one of his his books, and and it sounds like way out there, but it's really not. In one of his books, this... And there may have been some human experimentation in here. I can't remember exactly how it all happened. But these bacteria were able to like shift, change and alter their appearance. And they were able to come together and they could mimic an animal or a human. They would, they would look like it was an animal, but it wasn't an animal. It was a whole bunch of bacteria that had altered their appearance and come together to look like an animal. I, it was really out there wow. kind of stuff. But when you start to understand how bacteria act and work, it, it's not out of the question that that could happen. Now, mm-hmm. think of this COVID shot, the jab, which isn't really a vaccine, that we are giving the body instructions to build that spike protein. Mm-hmm. Bacteria and viruses can do this kind of stuff. We can actually program them. That It's kind of scary. It is. I completely agree with you. I mean, all the research that I've been doing lately were after someone has a fecal, you know, transplant with different bacteria that now they have been inoculated with completely different bacteria and their, their personalities will change completely. That is, that's showing that those bacteria are, have way more control over us than we ever can imagine. Yes. We have no clue. We're just barely touching the surface of what these bacteria can do. Well, the other one, when I read this way back and I've talked about it before that I thought was just crazy is, um, bacteria can have a huge impact on our food cravings. Yes, absolutely. Bacteria can make us crave the food they want, not the food that's good for us. And this happens to to, typically it's sugars. People who crave sweets, 
That yep. may be their gut bacteria, not them. Yep, I fully believe that. That is just bizarre. But it, it happens. And we know it happens. And it's uh, so this whole bacteria thing, you know, when, when Dr. Davis said, you know, it's 1981 and you just got your first Atari, that's where we are on this bacteria thing right now. We will be talking about this three decades from now, and there's no doubt in my mind. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool a stuff. A lot to learn. There's so much yet to learn. I know. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's see if we've got uh, Michael still with us. Let's see if we've got the phone thing figured out. Michael, you there? Yes, sir. All right. Oh, you sound good now. Let's try this again. All right. All right. So anyhow, the first day of COVID, I took 800 milligrams of ibuprofen, got the fever out. I had no problem. Second day, uh, Thursday, I had to take another 800 milligrams, no problem. Now, what I also did was I doubled up on my cardio miracle. Okay. Okay. And, And there were like three or four people who came down with this at the same time that I know uh, you know, and um, and I, I by far fared a whole lot better because I didn't stop working. I I didn't come in contact with nobody, right? You know, for the job I was doing. So I I figured, well, hey, you know, I, yeah, I'm still good enough to work. It wasn't really all that bad, so I went ahead and, and kept working. Good. But I doubled up on the Carter Miracle for for at least two three weeks, and I, I feel great. Excellent. Um. The only thing, I, I'm listening to the stress protocol that you're talking about. Okay. And as a brain veteran, I've been diagnosed with PTSD. Okay. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how that would affect a good, bad, or whatever way, and whether or not this is something to add on to help deal with i'm already doing group therapy if you will and 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 every two weeks i I do the group thing and every two weeks i do the individual thing over the phone this is an excellent call this is a great topic i'm glad you called um and it's good timing i don't know that i would have had a good answer for you a month ago but I do have a good answer for you now. Um, This really ties into what I've been talking about this week, that stress is primarily physical. We treat it as though it's primarily mental. Lauren, you talked about this earlier. It is primarily physical. There is a mental aspect. There's no doubt about it, a big mental aspect. But I don't believe we're going to make our improvements in our brain. I think we have to make the improvements physically. And that's where, that's what nobody does anymore. You, you know, we, we, whether it's PTSD, anxiety, depression. Now, PTSD is a little different. I'm going to explain why. Um, if we look at today's anxiety, uh, I look at kids who, honestly, they have nothing to worry about in life. You know, when you think about the things we need to live and survive on this planet, we need food, shelter, Mm -hmm. water, uh, and that's about it. I mean, if you have food, shelter, and water, you could survive 100 years, right? Yep. That's all we need. Those kids have all of that. 
they have they're in no danger of dying or i mean everybody's in some danger of dying but it's not like living as hunter gatherers when something might eat you while you were sleeping the world we live in today i know crimes up and all that but just ignore that uh, the the fact that we have everything we need to live what the hell is everybody so anxious about what is everybody so damn worried about? Why do we have 13, 13-year-old kids with horrible cases of anxiety and depression? And why? See, I don't think that's in their brain. I think that's in their gut and their health. Now, PTSD yeah. does have a true mental aspect. In order to have PTSD, you had to have been through some sort of traumatic event. I believe that that's... Yep. That is a real thing. There's no doubt about it. People who go through traumatic events suffer from the same things consistently over and over and over. We know it's real. So I'm really interested in working with somebody with PTSD on this. This will absolutely help. No doubt in my mind. This is the best thing you could possibly do along with your therapy. No doubt. Stick with that. If it's working, if you're getting results, stick with it. There are ways that we can use our brain differently and think differently and focus on different things that will lower our stress levels and, and help with this. But if all you do, and this, is, this was the big breakthrough for me, and this explains to me why most talk therapy is not successful. It's just not. I mean, you can look at the statistics. Yeah. And, and if it works, yeah. why do people have to do it for 20 years? What, what are we not fixing that we have to keep doing this? So I think I found the answer. It's the breakthrough. Like I said, you can't fix your stress by avoiding it. And that's really what talk therapy does. Talk therapy tries to get us to think differently so that we don't react to the stress. But the stress is still there. Right. And if you don't yeah. fix the physical problems that cause this, if we don't balance the hormones and strengthen the stress muscle and improve gut bacteria, we're never going to fix this. Yeah. And I, that's why when I heard about the El Ruderai, I was like, oh, crap. This, yes. This could be a breakthrough for me anyhow. Yes. You know, at least I thought. Because sad part about it, uh, I guess one of the coping mechanisms I had was, was the eating. You know, yeah. I'm one of your 450-pound drivers, you know, who go out here and do everything. I'm, I still work. I, I still work six days a week. And, and part of that's good because when I get on keto and I can stay on it, I lose the weight because that's my gym. Yep. <laughs> you sort of, oh, well, no. You know, absolutely. You know what it's like doing it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what it's like doing intermodal, so you know that's what I do. Yeah, you're active. Um, you're active. No, it, so the, yeah. the yogurt, I would recommend the male enhancement formula from um, our store. The uh, the okay. uh, ancestral supplements, the male enhancement. I would keep eating the yogurt, and I would do everything on this protocol. And this is going to work. I promise you, it's going to work. Okay. All right. This we'll is, have to, I, I don't, 
I have not looked at the protocol on the phone. I, I need to get home and look it on the computer so I can yeah, see and, everything and all that. You know, yeah. again, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep saying it. And I'm gonna simplify it so people start to become familiar with it. The protocol's not some big mystery. We put it all out there. It's free. We're not charging for this. At some point, I probably will have a paid program, but right now we're just giving it away. And and here it is. It's the Wim Hof breathing. Get the app. It shows you exactly how to do it. It's infrared sauna. There's lots of products out there. You can buy the blanket in our store. It's the resistance training. My favorite is the X3 bar. And it's the cold therapy. Just turn your shower to cold. None of these things are all that difficult. They're already out there. We've, we've put it out. Just do them every day. Uh, we'll tweak it. We'll make it better. We'll make all kinds of improvements. But... 90% of the results you're going to get, they're already there. So just go do it. Lauren, when I was talking about that, um, you know, the PTSD and we've got to, the, we do have some mental aspect of stress, but I, I really think it's far more physical. Does that all make sense? Is that? Yeah, okay. definitely. You know, like I said, I, it, this material really isn't anywhere else. I mean, I've read all this stuff on stress. I, I never came across kind of this approach to it. So I want to make sure as I'm putting it out there that it, it's making sense and it's not just in my head. Yeah, no, it it, it all makes sense to me. Good. If anyone has questions, I mean, feel free to ask. That's, that's what this is all about. <laughs> Absolutely. And people do have questions. So let's go talk to them. Let's go to Michigan. Jim, welcome to the program. I just heard you guys talking about the sugar cravings and that could be related to gut bacteria. And how do you kind of get into that change in that gut bacteria so you get rid of the sugar cravings? Well, if we're talking specifically <laughs> about sugar cravings, it's actually pretty simple to understand, not always easy to implement. But if we know that we have bacteria that feed on sugar, so they're creating that craving for us, what if we just starve them? Yep. Question, Jim, are you asking for yourself? Do you crave sugary things? Or yeah, I, is, uh, yeah the, you know, I try to do, you know, one of those things. It's like kicking anything else. Uh, you know, I can get, I can do it for about three or four days, and then I walk through the truck stop. I need to quit walking through truck stops, but it's <laughs> kind of hard to do that when. Yeah, three or four days is not that. is not going to get you. Um, it's yeah. it's not going to be enough time to kill those bacteria off. So, like we always right. say, there's there's the importance of the microbiome is a balance there. So we're going to, we're always yeah. going to have some bit of bacteria that is unfavorable, but the whole idea is to be really boosting the good, healthy bacteria so that they're winning over the bad. And it takes, it takes longer than three to four days. It depends on how bad your bacterial situation is. Um, it sounds like you may have a dysbiosis. You can always, um, you can always take NutriQ and sign up for a discovery call and we can, we can pretty much tell if you have a, a dysbiosis there based on, on what we're seeing and, and what you're eating and all that. But it sounds like you most likely do. And yes, you can starve them out and you can use, you know, other things to help kill them off. Um, 
we do recommend people doing that as well, depending on where they are individually. But it's going to take you it's it's going to take you probably closer to several weeks, not several days, to get that in check. Yeah. So well, I don't have a gallbladder. I okay. try to use the uh, bile salts as much as I can when I try to eat all the fat I can. Um, what about um, what about probiotic foods or fermented foods? I try to do that a lot in the truck too. I I really like the sauerkraut um, and and. I, just cauliflower a little bit. Just because I always want to ask, you're you're eating real sauerkraut, right? Yeah, yeah. I put cabbage and I put salt on okay. it. Okay. Oh, so you're, you're making your sour. own. That's even better. Excellent. Real yeah. fermented foods. Because oh, yeah. that's the other way we can yeah. kind of get rid of them. We crowd them out with good bacteria. There's one thing we have to talk about, though, yeah. when we talk about sweet cravings. Yes, it is very likely that you have bacteria that are making those cravings worse. But we do know the human body technically only craves one food naturally. And we all do. Babies, everybody. And it's sugar. We do crave sweet. The the issue, the reason it's become such a problem, and I've talked about this many times, go out and live in the wild as a hunter-gatherer. Try, just try to find something sweet. It's almost impossible. It almost doesn't exist. We have honey, but try getting honey in the wild. You got to fight a bunch of angry bees. It's not easy. The, the fruit, you know, technically wasn't all that sweet anyway in the wild. And it only shows up, you know, once a year in most parts of the world. If that, there are parts of the world where you wouldn't find any fruit no matter how hard you look. So, that but but the human body does crave sugar that's a natural craving because it was so rare in nature and when it's rare a little bit of it is really good for us you get some honey when you typically very very low carb but you get some honey and some fruit that's great source of energy you feel good nothing wrong with that the problem is now everything in our food supply is loaded with sugar. You have so much access to sugar now and the human body actually does crave it. So you have to realize that part of staying away from sweets is just pure willpower. You've just got to say, yeah, my body wants that. My body likes that. It's everywhere, but I'm not going to consume it. Yeah. That's, that, that, yeah, I've got to get that mind over matter. One of the things that one of the things that I have found that kind of fixes my craving for sweets, even though it's not sweet and I don't understand why it does it, but it works. Nut butters. For some reason, if I'm craving something sweet and I eat nut butter and it's not sweet, it seems to fix my craving. Okay. Like almond butter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, any of them. Yeah. The, the ones we have in the store now, I absolutely love. We have walnut butters in the store, and walnuts are probably the single best nut we should eat. Uh, macadamias are good, too, and that's our other nut butter. But the walnut butters that we have in the store right now are incredible. And 
if you're metabolically healthy, if you've gotten to your goals, you know, metabolically, my favorite way to eat those nut butters is either with a banana or an apple. And yes, there's some more sugar in there, but it, it, it's whole fruit. Uh, and once you're metabolically healthy, I think, uh, you know, a piece or maybe even two servings a day of whole fruit might work for some people. And if I eat a banana with the nut butter, it, it feels like dessert to me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, peanut butter, I know peanut butter is not technically a nut butter. But no, and you shouldn't eat it. I can always consume just by myself, but uh, the other nut butter should be similar or, you know, I did, uh, I, I've tried some of them before and I really like them just with a spoonful of one. Yeah, sometimes yeah. that's the way I eat nut butter. I just open up the jar and eat a spoonful or two. I'm going to start trying that again. I can get involved, thank you, start a while, and then you go back, and I'm going to try to get on the wagon and hang on tight to it. Get rid of this weight. I've got about 70 pounds I need to get rid of. There you go. All right. Well, keep it up. Um, The cravings are real. And sometimes it's just pure willpower, but I can tell you this, the longer you do it, the easier it gets. And, and your, your taste will change to the point where, like I just said, a banana and nut butter, and that's not a ton of sugar. It's really not. But to me, that now tastes like a decadent dessert. Lauren, don't you notice that that the longer you stay away from sugar, you don't need much of it to kind of satisfy that craving? Oh, no, not nearly. Not nearly. It's, it's amazing how your taste buds will switch. And too much sugar is too much sugar. You will definitely <laughs> develop a completely different taste for sugar. Yes. I myself cannot handle much sugar Me either. at all. Like I said, a, a, a it, banana and, and nut butter seems like a really, really decadent dessert. Oh, yeah. Bananas are too sugary for me, actually. The, the nut butter I don't really kinda, enjoy them. Yeah, the nut butter kind of cuts it a little bit. Oh, I can see that. So you put them together. Yes, right. I, I agree. That, right. that or, sounds very good, actually. Or... Uh, honey crisp apple, and I will tell you, honey crisp are really sweet apples. They must be very high in sugar. If you can taste it, trust your taste buds. If it tastes really sweet, it is. Mm-hmm. If it tastes really sweet, there's a lot of sugar in there. So, as a variety, honey crisp apples are pretty darn sweet. But with some nut butter, oh, it's just it's just such a great combination. Oh, definitely, definitely. All right. What else we got on minerals? Let's uh, let's uh, talk a little bit more about minerals. Well, what what you got? Well, you mentioned one of the roles of minerals in the body, so I think mentioning a few more is helpful. You mentioned that minerals, specifically calcium and magnesium, contract and relax muscles. Um, and you also mentioned that that the heart is considered a muscle. So that was a really important one. I don't think everyone knows that. So that is. That's really important. A good reason to get, make sure you are getting a sufficient amount of minerals in your diet. Um, another one is that minerals act as cofactors for enzyme reactions and oh, yeah. things to think about in regards to that, like digestion. That's an that's an enzyme reaction. 
um, any muscle and nerve function, and even breathing. Respiration is an actual enzyme reaction. So that's that's another thing we don't we don't really think about. Uh, another one is that minerals facilitate the transfer of nutrients across cell membranes. Oh. So they actually can can transfer different nutrients around, which is obviously critical to our health. Yes. They regulate tissue growth and structure, the body structure. And structure, when I think of structure, I think of like our bones and our teeth and stuff like that. They maintain proper nerve conduction and they help regulate our pH balance in the body. Yeah, you know, and boy, this, this can get really complicated. So it's some of those things are so it tied can. together. We're keeping it high level. It, yeah, you, you, <laughs> you talk about pH and bones and teeth, which you talked about, and then minerals. And this is another one of those areas of health that we got completely wrong. We have, and, and again, mm-hmm. it primarily hurt women more than men. We, we've talked about osteoporosis for years. And what is the only thing they recommend? Calcium. Take more calcium. calcium. I, it's not working. Exactly. It's not working. Not only no. do these women still end up with osteoporosis and weak bones, now they end up dealing with heart issues, gallbladder issues, and kidney issues because they have too much calcium and not enough of the cofactors that they need. Exactly. And I was going to mention, by the way, that I was thinking that next week we can cover osteoporosis oh, good. since we're kind of leading into it with yeah. minerals this week. I think it's important to dive deeper into that and and really explain the different cofactors for calcium, um, what is really going on with osteoporosis and, and stuff like that. So if there's anything that you can think of off the top of your head that you want me to cover, uh, I can uh, press yes. and, and be ready for that. Yeah, but I've already actually, started a little bit of that. Actually, interesting. I have another angle I want you to approach with this. The minerals are important. The, the, we have to have mm-hmm. the right cofactors. I tell people don't, don't supplement calcium. Calcium is so easy to get in our diet. I agree. Why are we supplementing I, that's so prevalent in our diet already, so easy to get? Why do we think taking more of it is going to solve the problem? It doesn't. Stop taking calcium no. supplements. There might be other mineral it's supplements dangerous. you need to take to get the calcium to work yeah. properly. But here's maybe one of the absolute best ways to avoid osteoporosis. And it has nothing to do with your diet. Resistance training. Yes. Resistance training Absolutely. builds bone density and it builds it quickly. So it, here's the biomechanical explanation of what's happening. When you work out with resistance training, your muscle gets bigger and stronger, doesn't it? We know that. You can see it. It happens pretty quickly. If you do my workout, you're going to be surprised how fast you can build muscle and strength. All of your muscles are attached to bones. If you were to build a muscle strong enough and the bone didn't get stronger, you would be able to break your bones just by moving your arm. The muscle would pull so hard on the bone, if the bone was weak, you would be able to break it. 
So when we build muscle, our body also builds the bone with it. Resistance training strengthens our bone. It makes our bones more dense and strong so that they're not going to break. It's probably the single best way to avoid osteoporosis and weak, fragile bones as we get older. Resistance training. Definitely. Very important. Yeah, that, that's what's going to keep us healthy when, as you get old. It, it, it is the number one problem. People's bones get weak, their muscles get weak, they fall, they break a bone, and it's a death sentence. Oh, it is. It truly is. So easy to avoid. So did you know that? Yes, it is easy to avoid. Well, we say it's easy, but the education is the most important factor. It's simple. We'll say it's simple because there's nothing complicated. It's not easy. It's hard work. It is hard work, but it's simple to understand what you need to do to solve this problem. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So, back to mineral. Yes. Back to mineral. So, there are about 18 minerals that are necessary for our health and proper body function. And they are classified into two categories. There's macro, which means that we need them in the diet in amounts over 100 milligrams a day. And then there's trace minerals. Then the macros are... Calcium, magnesium, phosphorus, potassium, sodium, chloride, and sulfur. Those are the ones that we we typically hear the most about. Um, and the micros are, well, I'm just going to list a few micros because there's a lot. There are a lot of them. The micros, iron, copper, iodine, lithium, manganese, molybdenum, selenium, and zinc. We hear zinc a lot, but we, that which reminds me, now we should mention that there are synergists And there are antagonists in the categories of minerals. And let me explain what those, what that means really, because I'm sure people are wondering what that means. So synergy means that a certain vitamin or mineral depends on another one for optimal absorption in the body. And we, I can, you know, one of the examples of this, actually, I'll give you a few examples, but one of them is iron and copper. Sufficient copper is required for iron utilization. So in order to use iron, you need to have a certain amount of copper in the body. Another one is magnesium and potassium. Magnesium enhances the retention of potassium in the cells. So without magnesium, you can't retain potassium. We know potassium is really important. uh, And we'll get into a little bit of that here in a moment. Um, And then another one is calcium, magnesium, and phosphorus. Those are all synergistic. So they all are required for the maintenance and structure of bone tissue, which we will get into next week. But it's important to mention. Absolutely. We don't think about it. I have a a couple points after all that. Here's one. Yeah, let's hear it. All right. So I'm going to say a phrase and we'll see if anybody can figure this out has to do with what you were just talking about. So here's the phrase. Habit number six. Habit number six? Yep. I'm 
When, when I know. I'm wondering <laughs> if anybody's got it yet. It's one of my favorite books. <laughs> Habit number six. No, I'm totally. All right. The seven habits of highly effective people. Habit number six is Uh, synergize. Oh, there you go. Yeah. But in the book, it's it's, it's synergizing between people. Yes. Yeah, we I figured. Yeah, so oh. it's I I love that and I love the way you describe that. We minerals synergize with each other. That's a really good way of describing that. Here's the other thing. I have another garden example of this with trace minerals. We don't talk a lot about trace minerals. But I have a great garden we example. Don't. So I've learned a ton about growing food and plants, and I'm just blown away by the soil I've been able to create in just a couple years. And I took all those, you know, ideas from the book, Dirt to Soil, or whatever the title was, it was something close to that. I started with dirt, now I have soil, and I have incredible soil. And I know a lot about growing plants and, you know, I know how to feed them and I know how to watch for bugs and diseases and I've learned just a lot. And so I just kind of assumed, you know, my plants are doing as good as they can based on, you know, the amount of sun I have or the heat or whatever. And I realized that growing peppers where I am is harder because peppers really like really hot, dry weather. Uh, and we don't get really hot here this summer. We're doing better. But I just thought, okay, my soil's good. I'm doing all the right stuff. Whatever my pepper plants produce, that's just what they're going to produce. One of the people I follow when it comes to gardening is a guy called Dr. Jims, J-I-M-Z. He's got a website. You can go to drjims.com. Um, just amazing stuff. This guy's brilliant when it comes to growing stuff. He has a product called Pepper Popper. And it comes in a little spray bottle. And all you do is you spray it on your pepper plants. And I'm like, come on, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got great soil. I'm feeding them great food. I'm giving them probiotics. What is this pepper popper stuff going to do? So I thought, this is how I learn. I try stuff. So this year I started spraying my pepper plants with pepper popper. I cannot believe the results. I have pepper plants that are now putting out four times more peppers than normal. I've never seen anything like it. My pepper plants are about to fall over. They have so many peppers on them. I have a habanero plant that the plant itself is probably about the size of a basketball or so. Not a huge plant. I I counted over 50 habaneros on that plant right now. Wow. I've never seen anything (laughs) like it. You know what? So I'm like, what the hell is this stuff? You know what it is? It's trace minerals. Love it. That's all it is. Amazing. It's just trace minerals. And he he said, look, if your pepper plants are doing great and they're producing lots of peppers, you're probably fine. If they're not, try this and see what happens. And like I said, I, I have to be doing almost everything else right. And yet adding these trace minerals made all the difference in the world. I've never seen anything like it. That's incredible. And that's just minerals. That's amazing. But that just goes to show how important minerals are. Yes. Not just for our bodies, but, you know, for everything, for plants as well. Yeah. So is there, 
is there some combination of trace minerals out there that would do for us what this stuff does for a pepper plant? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, how do we figure it out? Yeah, I I think there is. (laughs) The the tough part is, you know, he did this on a pepper plant, obviously through a lot of testing, and he came up with something that really works. Is there there some trace mineral or combination of trace minerals that maybe we're not getting and we don't even realize it? Well, interesting. There's actually a product called Trace Mineral Drops. Have you heard of it? I have, and I keep thinking maybe I should try that someday and see if I notice any difference. I would love for you two to see if you notice any difference. The interesting thing, so I always have a bottle of it in my cabinet, and when I run out of my light balance, I add it to my coffee in the morning. It is, it it has a flavor. (laughs) It's not, not as forgiving as the light balance, but it does have more minerals in it. It has, the same has uh, you know magnesium chloride sodium potassium and then it has some trace minerals like sulfate lithium and boron you know when when you talk about the the taste that's kind of interesting because you know for the most part it is. water's water water doesn't really have taste but I did notice when I was drinking different bottled waters that I really kept coming back to Dasani and I'm like, why do I keep coming back to this? It's just water. But for some reason, I like Dasani better than I like other waters. And it, it doesn't have a flavor, but there's something about the way. Well, it turns out Dasani isn't like, you know, crazy, you know, um, spring water from some super clean spring on Fiji or something like that. It, it's, it's municipal water that's been um, purified, I think they use reverse osmosis to get all the bad stuff out of it. But then they actually add minerals back in, and the only reason they do it, they do it for taste. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I think it even says it on the bottle. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, oh. and, and huh. I... I, I they, I think they got it right. At least for me, I actually prefer Dasani to other bottled waters. And like I said, it's not some super clean spring water from some crazy clean place on the planet. It's filtered water with some minerals added. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, minerals are, are important. And if you're using reverse osmosis, you're not getting the minerals. Yeah, right. And from my understanding, if you're, if you're drinking water without minerals in order for your body to to metabolize and well we already know this to metabolize and absorb that it needs minerals so it's going <laughs> to yeah it's going to be like robbing minerals from other places where you would think it would be robbing minerals from where they're stored in the body so you've got to figure out a way to get them back in you, just, you, you know, absolutely have to figure out a way to get back in. This would be a good time to remind people, because we say this every once in a while, the last thing you should be drinking is distilled water. Don't drink distilled yes. water. It's really bad for you because all the minerals have been stripped out of it. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, I wonder if anyone has accidentally drink, you know, been drinking distilled water for an extended period of time. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure some people probably think, look, we talk about contaminants in our water all the time. And if you distill it, you also get rid of all the contaminants, but you get rid of all the minerals too. 
So it, it's kind of like taking a probiotic or a, an antibiotic. Yeah, you're going to wipe out the bad bacteria. You're also going to wipe out all the good bacteria. We don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure there was somebody out there that had the thought, oh, wait a minute, distilled water should be awesome. I don't have to worry about any contaminants. And you're right, you don't. But it's a really, really bad yeah, I, idea I, I for your health. Yeah, I was vacationing. Yeah, definitely. I was vacationing somewhere. I don't remember where. It was in the past few years, I think. And someone came back with bottles of distilled water. And I was like, oh, we can't drink this. <laughs> no. And if I was vacationing, it was probably in the islands. I'm like, that's what the last thing we need is we're already going to be dehydrated and in the sun oh, all day. Right. And then you bought distilled water on top of it. <laughs> Bad idea. <laughs> yep. But how would you, we wouldn't know that, you know? It, and honestly, no. you might think, well, if I'm worried about the water and, you know, I'll get distilled water. It's got to be really clean. Yeah, it is. It's too clean. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Oh, uh, very interesting. All right. Good stuff on minerals. Are we doing live Q&A today? We can. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I okay. am probably getting close to doing another garden update. I'll, I think I'll wait and do it next week. I may I may try something different this time. I think it'll be more effective. I may go out and make individual recordings about different things in the garden, then put them together, and then we'll do the live event. We'll just play the video instead of me actually walking around trying to deal with the wind, and then I can edit it oh, better. that's a good way to do it. Yeah, and then you and I can yeah. be in the chat room, and we'll just show the video. Here, just watch the video, and we'll answer your questions. So uh, I think maybe I'll plan for that next week. I put a post up on Healthy Tribe where I showed, I, I pulled some stills out of the first video we did. And then I, I mm-hmm. went back to that same spot and took another picture and posted them. And you're like, well, that can't be the same picture. <laughs> it's crazy how it's, <laughs> how it's all changed. Uh, but it, it, uh, it, it, it's time. So cool. the, the garden is completely planted right now. I really don't have any space available anywhere. Um, my summer stuff is getting ready to harvest. I mean, we're harvesting stuff every day and eating, but I'm getting ready to do big harvest. I, I estimated that I'm going to have somewhere between 3,500 and 4,000 tomatoes. So what are you going to do with all the tomatoes? Oh, yeah. So that was the last thing I said, and then I realized I wasn't there anymore. So I looked at, you know, one of my tomato plants, and they're all, although I've got five tomato plants that I grew in those little grow things I was checking out. I think they're going to produce significantly more. So I'm actually going to take each plant this time. It's going to be a lot of work. I'm going to harvest the tomatoes off that plant. I'm going to weigh them. And I'm going to find my most successful plant. First off, I'm going to figure out what did I do? Was it in one of these grow things? Did I do something different? Um, Then from that plant, I'm going to find my, you know, roughly five biggest tomatoes on there. And then those are the seeds I'll recover for next season. You you want to, you know, use your 
most successful plant, your most successful fruit, and then I'll harvest the seeds. But I, I just counted on one of my tomato plants, and it's just an average plant. It's not doing really great. It's just about average. Um, I counted 40-some tomatoes on that plant. I have 90 plants. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That's unbelievable. I know. That's what I said. I thought, this is crazy. What am I going to do with 4,000 tomatoes? So last year, last year was a really good year for me, tomatoes. And I think I had all together, because sometimes I have little specialty tomato plants and that kind of thing. But I think all together last year, I might have had 22 tomato plants. This year, I have wow. over 90 I probably have a hundred. That's incredible. Yeah. So what am I going to do with it? So (laughs) we're going to make barbecue sauce from scratch. We're going to make Mm -hmm. uh, salsas, a couple different salsas. We're going to make a, uh, probably a base marinara sauce. We'll probably make a meat sauce. Uh, So a lot of the tomatoes will go towards sauces and salsas. And I, I make some. That's a great. I make some hot sauce. Some of my hot sauces are just pure pepper based, uh, but some of my hot sauces I actually use a tomato base for them. So I'll use some of that as well. And then I may end up giving a ton to the food bank this year. I just don't know that I can process four thousand tomatoes. Yeah, I was gonna say. You can go to the farmer's market and sell your tomatoes. <laughs> I, I, you know, I thought about that, and it might be fun to go set up a booth at the farmer's market for a weekend or two. Or, you know, we've got a um, – I, I, we, we're in a small town, so I know personally the people that run the food bank here. So um, we'll probably give a lot mm-hmm. to them. But then on top of that, last year I think I had eight pepper plants – this year, I have 80 pepper plants. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. And, you are really big this year. That's a big jump. <laughs> and, and with pepper popper, they are, like I said, I've never seen a pepper plant look like this. They just have so many wow. peppers on them. They're just insane. And peppers will keep producing until the days get too short. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, I'm going to be making a lot of fermented hot sauces this year and fermented salsas. And so I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that. But uh, I think uh, maybe I'll do a garden update next week. So let's uh, let's take a break. What do you want to get back together at uh, 11 o'clock? That'd be two o'clock your time. That sounds perfect. All right. So we will wrap this up and we will see you in just about 20 minutes from now. Uh, 11 o'clock West Coast, 2 o'clock on the East Coast. All you have to do is log into HealthyTribe.com and you will see Lauren live on the video. I'll be in the chat room answering your questions. You know, we, we love doing this. We need more questions. Come, come challenge us yeah make us think make us work at this so uh bring bring your questions i know there are a lot of people who don't want to call the show they're nervous about being on the air this is your chance you don't have you just type in your question and lauren and i'll answer it so join us healthytribe.com in just about 20 minutes we'll see you then be safe
be profitable, be fit and healthy, always do the hard work and master the journey.